electric eels of Parramatta. Oh, the dummy by Kenny. He's going to go up the corner. Look at Ferguson coming across and cover. And it's Kenny from a flinkish bounce. Scores a try in the corner. Sterling on his own. Sterling looking for a hat-trick. Can he get there? It's a hat-trick for Sterling. The Eels have won it. Mr. Perpetual Motion and Mr. Nice Guy, Michael Cronin. The siren has sounded and Parramatta has taken out their third premiership in a row. The Eels of Parramatta still rule supreme over the rugby league scene here in Sydney. Well, it's a massive welcome and thanks for joining us here on the Parramatta Podcast. I am Barry, as always with my co-host, good friend Bernie. How are you, buddy? Good, my friend. How are you? Excellent, mate. I was actually, because I'm in Queensland, I was sort of down your neck of the woods on the weekend. Yeah, you didn't pop in to say g'day, I might uh, point out. But anyway, let's move on. Yes, yes, it was a bit <laughs> of a rush trip. Not it was I a hit and run, you. wasn't it? Yeah. I was meant to fly into Sydney on Friday night and the flight was late. So I ended up having to overnight in Brisbane, fly down early morning Saturday pick up the hire car, drive to the Southern Highlands because my brother-in-law was getting married. And I had basically, I I pulled up, I had about an hour and I sort of did a little bit of work on the podcast and then hopped in the van and drove everyone there and enjoyed the wedding and drove everyone home about sort of 9.30, 10-ish and snuck in a couple of beers and went to bed and then basically the next morning up back to the airport, my wife and I flew home. So it was real in and out. Bada bing, bada boom. Another mate of mine went to a wedding on the weekend and he was doing a uh, water fast and he messaged me. We're kind of like doing it together. He's like messaged me and he's mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm going to have to break my water fast. I'm going to a wedding. And I'm like, well, you don't have to, you know. And then I went, oh, it's a wedding. You kind of do, don't you? You know, like mm-hmm. I don't think you can go to a wedding and not drink. I think um, you'd absolutely go mental. You, you've got to sit and have a few. It's weird. It's kind of that... I don't know, that penny pincher part of you that just goes, all of this is free. Uh, You have to take advantage of it. (laughs) I didn't even take that into consideration. You know, you are dead right. When you got the free bevies going around, they taste better. You you just can't say no. You you can't say no. Especially since you come all the way down, flew and everything, spent, you know, a bit of coin coming down. It's like, well, I've got to drink my way out of this uh, this little debt that I've created over the weekend. So uh, I've got to get my money's worth. Well, just to fill everybody in, I actually was the designated driver for the early shift. So there were the people like myself and other old people who (laughs) essentially got to about 9.30 and they're like, oh, we want to go. And that was my role was to drive them back to, because about 45 minutes from where the wedding was, was where we were staying. How did you get sucking into that? I mean, you flew all that way. Surely you would not be designated mm -hmm. driver because... First and foremost, you don't know where everyone lives. You're not really local. You don't, you're not, you know, surely they got someone who, no, you're just nodding away. You, you just got roped in. That's the end of it. Or uh... <laughs> My wife asked me and that was the end of that. So yeah. I, uh, ask, look, look, I was ask. happy to do it. I was, I was happy to do it. It wasn't an yeah. issue because I had a couple of light beers and then I had some beers back at uh, where I was staying at uh, the in-laws. Yeah. So, you know, I got back there. I had three beers and just went to bed. So you were always the designated driver because you mastered drinking early so then you had a bit of a break from it and uh, whenever that's a fair effort so whenever we Mm. went out it would always come around midnight and i'd you'd be the designated driver because we were living together back in 2001 for for a fair old few years and Mm -hmm. i always just thought this is the greatest like you know my mate doesn't drink he still likes to go out and party i got a designated driver and come around midnight and I would curse your name because you, you're like, well, we're going. If you want to ride home, mm. we're going. And I'd be like, 
you bastard like you know I, I was you know I'm, I'm having a great time drinking and and then I'd probably fall asleep in the car on the car ride home more often than not and then I'd wake up in the morning you know Sunday morning I'm like oh, I'm so glad that we went home at midnight you know because I've still yeah. got some money in my wallet I'd had enough to drink like nothing good happens between midnight and 4am I swear that's like right that. that's right and I just never had the I, I never at midnight you just can't walk away from a party so having a designated mm. driver was awesome i think i owe you a few if I, so uh if uh, next time we're on it uh yeah it's 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 my uh, my turn behind the wheel yeah you owe me one or two that's for sure but <laughs> while i was at the wedding i had a bit of a master plan which went completely south so i've got ko and i had it on my phone and i'm like you know i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna watch the all-stars game on my phone during yes. the wedding so yes. that we can talk about it tonight. Yep. And I've clicked on it and the female game's happening and the, the Maoris are just completely touching up the Indigenous team. And all of a sudden, there's Blake Ferguson on the sideline. <laughs> and I was thinking, what? Isn't he in Japan in jail still? What's happening here? And then suddenly realised when I went to the NRL footy app, that the scoreline that I'm looking at, which I think was like 22 nil to the for the Maoris against the Indigenous women, which I'm yep. assuming was maybe last year's game, yes. and this year's game, the Indigenous women won. And so, <laughs> for some reason, when I clicked on KO, it started playing last year's game. Yeah. Anyway, I got to the end of it, and I was like, okay, I'll start watching this year's game. And then, sure enough, my phone goes, oh, you've used 50% of your data, and that was essentially. <laughs> I'm going away with the army again soon and I need that data. So I was like, well, there goes that. But I did have it on and I was watching it during a couple of the really informal speeches. And one of my wife's uncles sort of came up to me and he sort of patted me on the back and he gave me a 50-50, actually maybe 49%, I'm a little bit disgusted in you, and a 51%. Good on you, mate. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> and the drunk, the drunk uncle, no doubt, embarrassed himself at uh, at the wedding later on that night, as as his role is at at the wedding. Uh, all of these people are quite. They're all retired. They're quite yeah, elderly. Okay. So yeah, yeah, there was uh, there was very little of that. So there's a few things there. First and foremost, when you texted me and said Blake Ferguson's on the uh, sideline, I didn't question it for a second. I actually turned to uh, my missus and said. Oh, Blake Ferguson's on the sideline. It didn't twig at all that, you know, that you're watching an earlier game because I hadn't started watching then. Um, the the yeah. other thing is that I'd learned that I've been saying Maori wrong my entire life. That So the whole okay. game, everyone was saying Maldi. Maldi. Maldi, yep. So yep. is it Maori or is it Maldi? This is Australian English. This is the way that we pronounce it. Right. So... You don't go around and go, I want a tomato, because that's yes. the way the Americans pronounce it. You would say tomato. So yep. we as Australians say Maori, but their pronunciation is different. Yes. So it took them how long to correct us? They're so polite. They're, so <laughs> they're pretty easy going. <laughs> they're pretty easy going, fellas. We've been saying it, it wrong for all this time. And that's what I was like, well, I'm like, I was saying, what, what are they talking about? Who's this? I'm like, well, he's got his pronunciation all wrong. And um, and everyone was yeah. doing it. I went, oh, you know, they've, they've had a team meeting over this, you can tell. So uh, anyway, it was a good game. I enjoyed yeah. the game. I, and this was the other thing that the other point I did actually say uh, to Nick, 
I said, gone too hard too early. There's no way you're getting away with watching multiple games. Like, you know, if yeah. you wanted to, yeah. I was like, I wasn't even taking into consideration the data. I just thought, no, you're going to get called up to dance at some stage, you know, because everyone which else I did, be, which I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can't just sit there for you know two football games worth. You'll get maybe no. a half of football. And the good thing yeah. about it, it was in 15 minute slots. So I thought, you know what, he's going to get 15, and then he'll get up, have a dance, say, oh, "I'm a bit buggered," sit down, have a beer, watch some football. Yeah. I'm like, he'll work it out. And then you're telling me you're halfway through the women's game, I'm like, "No, you got no shot, champion." You're, you're yeah, you're 100 percent right, and because obviously I'm trying to sneak it, I had no volume <laughs> on, hence the reason I had no concept that it was the previous year's match. <laughs> and yeah, you're dead right. There was no way I was going to see all of it, but I was very excited to actually watch the women's game. So I was really disappointed in the end when I, I didn't get the chance to do it, and then I got to see none of the men's game. So. My mm. plan went south. However, my designated driving was was quite welcomed. So I walked away from that weekend as uh, in the good books, which is good. So the game, it was a great game. Uh, the rain mm -hmm. did ruin it a little bit. You know, it became a war of attrition, basically. They weren't too bad with their handling, but, you know, the, the game was definitely affected by the weather. But two incidents where there was big blow-ups, it was uh, Jordan Rapana. And of mm. course, he infamously shoulder charged Sivo to win the game for Canberra, and not a word is said. And mm. of course, is always the case. He threw in two shoulder charges and got pinged for both of them during that game. So yeah. maybe if he'd got pinged against us, then he would have learnt his lesson, and it wouldn't have cost his team the game. Yeah, quite possibly. I did read up on that. And it sounds like it was a legitimate sort of dirty shot in that sense. So he's now, I do believe he's got a two-match suspension, so he's going to miss the first two games. Yeah, I, I think that's the case. So, And that cost us the game. I mean, you know, you can't harp on, you know, last year's or the year before's game, but I will, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, you will. <laughs> yeah. The Parramatta's podcast. For Eels fans everywhere. And the other positive, of course, was Wurumu Greg, who played for the Maldives. Um, yep. I apologise for my pronunciation. I'll try. He was awesome. So powerful. And no representative experience, to my knowledge. And he hasn't mm. even played that many games for us. And they just threw him in the middle of this sold-out barn burner. And, um, geez, he was good. He was strong. Solid in defence. Didn't make any mistakes that I saw. Mm-hmm. He has to get on our bench, surely. I mean, you know, I know we've got the trial game coming up this uh, Sunday, so he'll get some minutes then, unless he's resting because of the uh, game that he's just played. But I'm curious to know who is going to make up the 17 for us. I'm curious to know who's going to be on the bench. We've got some depth this year, so it's, it's very exciting. Well, it's exciting in hopes that the bench gets used correctly. <laughs> Sorry, so, yes, this is true. I've, I mean, when... I've always been a little critical in terms of, and again, I, I'm not a rugby league coach or have any experience or expertise in this area, but I would offer that. That's one area where we need to build a bit of capacity mm -hmm. is the bench rotation. It need, players need to come on a little bit earlier. I'm, I'm all for, I am all for blooding troops i really am yeah. uh, personally if it was me i'd essentially i'd have a, a wild card on the bench every game 
just mm. to give him 10 minutes at the end. If, if we're flogging someone 30 to 4, pull off a pro, put a young buck on, give him some time. Because, yeah. again, we come back to the magic round last year when suddenly we almost couldn't field a team and we needed to, and, you know, BA's son got a contract out of it. Not mm. to say he doesn't deserve it, but because we were short on numbers. So to me, I think you really got to rotate every week. And I always love the expression that Phil Gould said that a team needs six forwards. Yes. You need two on the field, two on the bench, <laughs> and two on suspension. Yes. <laughs> and I love that mentality because it very much takes into consideration the fact that you're always shuffling pieces on the board. Yes. And... I, I don't know what it is. I, I can only speculate here. It seems very much that BA has that mindset of I'm, I'm building the perfect team in a way. I want to get this one particular team that gels a certain way. Yeah. But I just think given the nature of the game, origin always interferes, the fact that people get injured, I think there is a fluidity and flexibility to it that's a bit more needed from the coaching team at Parramatta. Now, if you've got a forward who, let's say you've got Junior Paulo, who's one of the best forwards in the game, if not the best forward in the game. And mm-hmm. you've got Wurramu Greg, okay? So obviously you want to play Paulo as much as possible, but surely Paulo, after playing 60 minutes, surely Wurramu Greg coming on fresh and young mm. and strong is a better forward at 60 minutes in a, in a game than Junior Paulo. Like, give mm. Junior his 10 minutes, ideally 20, I just I don't see the point in playing these forwards on the bench and just having them sit there the whole game and then bring them on for five minutes at the end of the game. They can't make an impact either way. Mm. They can't they win the game. They can't lose the game. So it's like they, they just come on for five minutes. They barely get to touch the ball. I know that we did that with Stefano before he went to the Tigers. I think he literally played for 90 seconds in his debut mm. for us. I mean, what is the point? He's... He's playing, you know, every game for the Tigers and now he's like a superstar and yeah. it, it's, it, you're dead right. I mean, he, it's a, it's a definitely a weakness, I believe, of, of BAs. Once again, you start criticizing the coach, people start firing up, but we will voice our opinion on uh, these sort of issues because mm. I honestly think we're a better team rotating the bench. I mean, all the other teams do Agreed. it. So, yeah. One of the things, and you'll notice that I actually prefixed my observations with look i'm not a coach but at the same time you don't necessarily have to be now i'll give you an example of this i have never once stuck my hand into boiling lava but i do know that it's hot yeah i don't have to physically do it to understand something there is theory and there is practice and theory is important because the theory comes before the practice And if we're spending X amount of years of our lives watching this sport, we're allowed observations and we're allowed to make these types of comments. It makes the world go round. 100%. And Mm. to use another example, it's probably a dirty word at the moment, but Joe Rogan, I mean, Mm -hmm. he's never had a cage fight. He's had some martial arts competitions, but he's never Mm. had a cage fight. And yet most people will say... He was, maybe not so much now, but he was the, the best commentator in the game. So, And he's never had a cage fight. He obviously knows what he's talking about. But yep. he, I think you know what I'm saying. Like on paper, you're like, it's like we, I think our opinions are valid that we, we're allowed to get in and say, I think maybe we should try this. We're not going to say, oh, Brad Arthur's a dickhead. He doesn't know what he's doing. No one's saying that. What we're saying is perhaps try rotating the bench and see what happens. Mm. You know, yeah. that, 
there's obviously a reason why he's not. He's obviously got a theory to it. I don't think he's just forgetting mm. that he's got fresh youngsters sitting on the bench. But I think it's going to make a huge difference to our team. I often wonder what the impact is of those people, not only around him, but above him. Mm. So, for example, the bean counters. Well, hang on, we're paying $600,000 for this player. That yep. player needs to be on the field. Yes. Whether there's that element of someone's there doing the maths, going, oh my God, we're spending all this money, they have to play, as opposed to, actually, probably better put this other guy on for this particular game because their style suits it a bit better. So yeah. I do wonder if there is a few people saying around BA who are in positions above him of, no, you have to play this play, you have to play that play, you have to do this. We've spent all the cash, that's why you have to do it. So I'd be curious as to whether that happens. Now that sounds like a bit of a conspiracy theory it's like oh they've got to be on because of you know their sponsors you know say they've got to get a certain amount of time but it's so blatantly obvious that a player is sitting on the bench when they shouldn't be that you start asking mm. questions like that i mean that's how mm. bad it is you, you and the thing that annoys the hell out of me is you never ever get the journos at the end of the game ask brad arthur why so and so was sitting on the bench for 90% of the game. I mean, when obviously other players are fatiguing, when you start getting like Sean Lane, you know, he seems to fatigue. He's massive unit. He seems to fatigue. And then the young, quicker players get through him. It, it just makes him look bad because he plays fantastic most of the game. And then all of a sudden he's fatigued and he looks like a bit of a chucklehead towards the end of the game. Why not throw on a youngster who's full of energy, who's going to, play better than Sean Lane at 60 minutes. So, I don't know. It, it annoys the hell out of me, to be honest with you. I think perhaps conspiracy theory is a, a bit of a strong term. Like, I'm not sitting here saying, <laughs> saying that the deep, <laughs> the deep state is keeping them off the field and <laughs> they, they've been caught listening to Joe Rogan so they're being punished. I'm just saying... Because you and I, you and I used to work in radio, so we've yeah. worked at Hot FM and we've worked at Triple M in Sydney. Yes. And one of the things you learn in radio is that bean counters have a lot to say. Hundred percent. So you'll often get there's a cycle in radio where they they build up all these regional teams and they sort of do that for like three four years and then suddenly a bean counter goes somewhere goes. Do you know there's two people in every team? If we fire one of them we'll save half as much money and we'll just get that one person to do twice as much work. And yes. they do that. And then within 18 months, they've all quit because they're burned out. Yes. And then they sort of go through that cycle again. So I, I don't think it's a conspiracy per se. I genuinely believe there is a person there, or if not people, who do the budget and who essentially put pressure on the team saying, we're spending all this cash. You've got to have them play. I do think, however and let me defend BA and the club here, that I think it would be very detrimental to the club culture if everyone had to play for their spot every week. Yeah, I do think that wouldn't produce the best playing. There's a so saying say, on, say again, sorry, so you think that they shouldn't have to play for their spot or they should have to play for their spot? They shouldn't have to play for their spot every week. How, what do you mean? Sorry, so it was like if a fullback's okay. playing shit, you think he should yep. just be able to play shit for... A, a couple of games or what are, you, what are you saying? Yes. So what I'm saying is you, the team has a lineup, okay? Yep. And, oh, one of them gets injured and he runs off and they send someone else on in their position and they have a blinder and then suddenly the team goes, oh, okay, well, that's your spot now. Gotcha. And 
I don't believe that would be something that would be conducive to promoting and building positive relationships in the club because you're starting to pit the player against each each other. Yeah. So, and I think it, it adds a level of anxiety. I think it it becomes a very independent mindset other than I'm playing for the team. So I, I can understand you want to build cohesion and it's yeah. not something from the army is that, you know, suffering builds bonds. Right. And so if you're on the field every week with your brothers, you're building a rapport and you're building a bond and that helps with the game because it helps in those key moments when you've got a lift and you do it for your fellow teammates. What about the saying though, that you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if you every week you're busting your ass and the team's coming close to winning and they keep throwing it to the same person who drops it. And then all of a sudden, I think the team morale would drop considerably. Cause I know a lot of coaches do have accountability, I guess is the word. If you have a bad game, you might be in reserves. And it used to be a big thing, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, getting dropped to reserves for one week. Everyone knew you're only going for one week and you're getting punished. But I remember Michael Jennings getting dropped and he had to go and play in reserves. Now, it just happened to be a week that the first grade team had a bye. And he went and it was a big, you know, slap in the face. You're not playing well. And then he came back and he played brilliantly out of his skin. Like, and, and it was, he took it, you know, the way it was meant. And Fergo did the same, to be fair. Fergo got dropped to reserves, went back, played well, got mm. back into the team and he wanted to stay in the team. So he fought. So I think that, I understand what you're saying, but I also believe that players need to be accountable for having bad games. Maybe not bad game, but get bad games. Yes, yeah, if they do yeah. a couple. And I agree right? with you there. I, I'm just mm. talking about the notion that every time you run onto the field, that if someone outperforms you, your spot's now gone, is the yep. point I'm making. Gotcha. So absolutely, I'm very much for players being dropped. I, I personally think Fergo and Sivo should have had a nice long stint in reserve yes. grade way before they did because I got so sick of them not being where they needed to be. I think uh, Sivo so, in particular for that that example because I think Fergo was trying but his body wouldn't allow him to perform. Whereas I think mm. Sivo's body was fine, but he just mm. did, he just didn't seem to give a shit, to be honest with you. He just seemed really lazy, you know? So uh, yeah. once again, think, you know, sitting with my beer mm. in the stand, you know, calling some, mm. you know, super fit guy lazy, but the, the commentators were commenting on it as well. They were saying Sivo's yeah, just yeah, running yeah. on a half speed here. He doesn't seem to, he's looking over his shoulder to see where the guys are to, to try and, uh, decide how fast he's got to run to retrieve the ball. Um, oh. And then he'll, it, it, it drew, I really think he needed a stint in reserves just to remind him that he's, you know, not locked in on that wing. So I think yeah, that now agreed. that it's a bit of competition for the wing uh, this year, mm. I think it's actually, and that he's not starting the year with the team. I think that's going to do him a world of good. And I think Sivo's going to come back a real powerhouse because he's going to have to fight to get his spot back. So let's go full circle on what we've been saying. Does he? Or does mm. the bean counter, who I'm imagining yeah. is in BA's ear, go, hang on, Sivo, we're paying Sivo this much money. He's got to immediately come back in. And I do have a genuine concern that mm. his replacements will actually fire and perform well and do this amazing thing of staying on the sideline where they need to be. <laughs> and the second that he's fit and healthy, Sivo will be yep. just slotted back straight in and... I don't think that's the way that it should go. I do yep. believe that he should have to play for his position and earn his position. Yeah. Gee, it's a fine line, isn't it? You're dead right, though. I mean, you get Gutho who gets injured and then he's fit to play. You don't stick Gutho in reserve grade. I mean, you just don't. Mm. I mean, I suppose it very much depends on who the player is. And Sivo's kind of on that 
bench, the crowd chants his name. I mean, you yeah. know, the, the the ticket sellers, they use him for advertising. So, so here we go. And money comes yeah. into it. It really yeah. does. And 100%. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's uh, realistic. That's the way that a money-driven game works. Uh, so yeah. I just accept it as a fact of the game. But it just mm. makes me question, is that one of the things that influences BA being slightly behind in terms of his rotation as you talk about that someone's tired and they're tired and they're tired and then they get replaced as opposed to actually going, hang on, they're at that peak of their 20 minutes. Let's get Paulo yep. off and then yep. smash somebody else in. Get Ray Stone, yep. put someone else in and we can just have 40 minutes of intensity. I tell you, that going back to then Wurumu Greg, I mean, how does he get a solidified spot and maybe his have you seen his mullet I don't, you, you didn't you missed the game so you didn't get to see him but his mullet has grown an extra 20 centimeters he wow. has a massive mullet so you start talking advanced hair or just cuts you know coming into yeah. sponsors that yep. might solidify him in the team that might be that final step that he needs to to uh to to get bums on seats okay if his mullet is as glorious as you say now, this is what would be considered a conspiracy theory. Does Gutho, with his ever-changing haircut, feel yeah. threatened by the mullet and keep him on the bench? Gutho's to blame. Back to the That's captains. a conspiracy theory. I like it. Oh, yes, we were going to talk about that, and we've got a solid two minutes left to do so. We I know, and I, did the fact I just remembered when you Paulo. said the junior, yeah. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, then Buzzsprout is the platform for you. Buzzsprout is easy to use and you can upload a new episode within minutes. The platform has tons of features to help make your podcast sound great as well, like video tutorials, helpful Q&A sections, and a quick customer question page where you can get one-on-one -on -one support. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Following the link in our show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you. And if you sign up for a paid plan, you get a $20 Amazon gift card. So check out Buzzsprout today in our show links. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. We actually entered this show tonight with a plan to talk about the co-captains of yes. Gutho and Paulo. And we're actually pretty much towards the end of this recording and we haven't really touched on it. So I'm imagining only... we'll explore this further next week. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll explore it further next week. But it was only because you mentioned uh, Junior and then I mentioned Gutho and then I just went, oh, hang on. We had a whole, I think the name of this episode was uh, Joint Captaincy, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's okay. We've talked about other things and we can talk about the co-captaincy next week. But uh, really quickly, are you for it, against it, indifferent? Definitely for it, but back to the conspiracy theories. I'm curious as to why they've done it. I mean, does Gutho not have the respect of the forwards or was it part of uh, Junior's contract negotiation? But by the interview they, that he gave afterward, and I don't think he's that good an actor, he genuinely sounded surprised that he was given the, uh, the joint captaincy. So he's obviously... Really? Yeah, he sounded really... And he's, he doesn't talk. He, he doesn't talk on the field. He leads by example. So I'm really curious as to why they've named him. Um, 
They could have named uh, Nathan Brown as co-captain. He's got a bit more experience and he's a bit more verbal. And he's one of those players that when he fires up, he brings everyone with him. He's got a very mm. alpha dog kind of mentality and people lead him. Whereas Junior kind of just does his own thing. Junior just comes on, smashes everyone, does his own thing. But I, I see Brown having how he affects the other forwards mm. around him. And I think if you were to give him the C, then he would come on and be like, I'm the captain, listen to me, and everyone would listen. So I'm kind of curious why they ch- If they wanted to have a forward captain, I'm kind of curious why they went with Junior instead of um, Brownie. I would offer that the wheeling and dealing that gets done by the managers, I'm not shocked that... Let's, I mean, let's go back to Gutho when it came out that Gutho demanded a million dollars and Gutho was mm. like, I did? What, what's happening here? I guarantee yeah. you that the managers are in there going, if you don't give Paulo the co-captaincy, mate, <laughs> I've got to deal with Redcliffe right now. And he doesn't. Yes. But So I, I would not be shocked if in the actual negotiations of his next contract, mm. if the manager put that forward. So it actually legitimately came as a surprise to Paulo. 100%. And they could have thrown that in. I don't know the way that the money works, but you got to assume the captain gets paid more, surely. I mean, just having the C next to your name, you're the captain, you've got added responsibility. You've got to get paid more money. So, And, and maybe it's justifiable. Once again, we, we come back to the bean counters. It's like, well, we've got to pay this forward a certain amount of money. And they say, well, forwards no, don't normally get that sort of money. It's like, well, he's co-captain. Yeah. And they yeah. go, all right, fair enough. He's, gonna, he's got to do all the media. He's got to turn up for the photo shoots and the interviews he's got to do the post game uh interviews so his responsibility has increased so we can now justify paying the amount of money that he asked that's a good point yeah Mm. Mm. well look we're basically out of time here my friend so what Mm. we will do is we will delve into this a lot more next week i'm very open to the idea of the co-captains the one thing i know for sure is that I can't see Mitchell Moses telling professional boxer Junior Paulo to fuck off on the field like he did no. to Gutho. So I think I think he'll command a bit more respect. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't get lippy with him, would you? Um, oh that's God, a, no. But that's an interesting point. Back to Moses. I mean, is Moses ever going to be captain? Has is he captain material? I think he's lippy enough to be a captain, and and I think that Reed Marnie was going to be earmarked to be a future captain because he's lippy on the field as well and leads by example. Mm. So maybe if they had got in early and said, look, we can justify paying Reed more money if he's like co-captain, but he's, he's too young to be co-captain. So I don't know. Why? These, Why would you uh, say that? Brad Fittler captained Australia at 21. Yeah, but Brad Fittler would come on and play a full 80 minutes. BA won't let... Uh, whenever like the team's struggling a bit, for some reason, BA likes to take Reed off the field. And then he'll bring on Ray Stone, like, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he doesn't he doesn't view him as an eighty minute play yet. I don't believe. I'm, mm. I mean, he is, but he definitely hasn't got him um, earmarked for any sort of responsibility. I don't, I don't know, because I, you know, if, using that same logic, Junior's not an eighty minute player either. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just um, I think that Moses might be a little bit too crazy to be uh, captain. He gets a little bit cray cray. He needs to be settled down. But that's, that's yeah, one of he, his strengths. He used to play for the West Tigers, and I know he got in trouble at one point. He called somebody a C-bomb, and yes. that didn't go down too well. So, Well, Junior's, you know, he's got a bit of off-field history as well. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but his um, 
brother-in-law managed to talk him into coming and playing for his uh, local team down at Wentzie one afternoon playing rugby union or something and he managed to talk him into coming on and playing a full game under a false name so and that was only <laughs> that was only like four five years ago I think so uh, <laughs> this is senior Paulo completely <laughs> different guy <laughs> and everyone just went what the hell the size of this guy like what, did what's he, going did on did he have a fake moustache <laughs> he had a like, fake moustache did he put any effort into changing his appearance <laughs> I'd like to think so or put headgear on or something <laughs> See, this is senior Paulo <laughs> yeah but he got he got in a bit of trouble for that so um and the whole reason he went to Canberra was allegedly he was running with a bad crowd in Sydney so um right right but yeah. he, he's come good now so apparently oh We'll see, mate. But we've got the trial game this Sunday. Very much looking forward to it. Everyone basically gets a run at the trial game. So everyone will get their uh, 15 minutes of fame. And uh, it's just good to have the footy back, mate. So we've got a couple of trials coming up. We've got the girls' games coming as well. Their season starts uh, in fortnight, I think it is. So, geez, I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to that as well. Yeah, I'm super pumped for that. Mm. Yep. Very exciting time. Now, I will be away at that point for two weeks. I'm going away with the Army Reserves again. Yep. So you can still catch me on the Dummy M podcast on all major podcasting platforms. I have a couple of best of apps I'm going to be running while I'm away, but I will be filled in. Your lovely partner, Nick, I believe is going to jump in and uh, fill the chair for two weeks. Well, I haven't told her yet, so we'll have to see, <laughs> see how we go. <laughs> well, it could be Jono from Emerald. It could oh, be Nick. Yeah. It could be Troy. Who knows? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I might get all of them. I might, uh, I'll get Jono and see. Uh, Jono, if you're having a listen, we might be getting a phone call, mate. So uh, if if you get a phone call midweek, Jono, and I'm talking even longer than I normally do about the eels, uh, you may be getting recorded, son. Well, I'm sure he'll be into it. And thank you, Jono, for everything you post on the Paramatters Facebook page. Remember that if you want to join, just send us an invitation and we can hook you up there and then. Mate, always a pleasure to chat with you. And next week, we will genuinely and definitely get into the whole co-captain scenario with the Parramatta Eels. Unless we get caught up talking about the trial game. But yes, we'll do our best. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Have a fantastic week, everybody. And as always, click go the Eels, my friend. Click go the Eels. The Parramatta's podcast. Because fuck Melbourne.